Hi, everybody, and welcome to Mill Creek Podcast. This is Craig Nienhaber, and we're glad to have you with us today because we have a great topic, and we have the right guy to talk about it. Our topic is going to be the challenge of fellowship in an era of COVID, and our guest today is Pastor Marty Birch, who um, at church here, he does a little bit of a lot of things, but they include counseling, life groups, mentoring, so many other things that touch on fellowship. And one reason I always like to talk to Marty is, um, besides that he's a fun guy to talk to, is that he's got a lot of experience and he also does a lot of reading. So um, Marty, I know that you've been doing a little bit of reading on this topic. Did Could you kind of give us a, a glimpse of what some of the, what fellowship looks like in the church this year Not yeah our church but any church yeah it, broadly i think a lot of christians a lot of churches are struggling with the concept of fellowship i mean if you think about it so much of uh, our even our church culture has been built around the sunday assembly i mean when i was growing up you had uh, two parts of every church building you had a sanctuary and then you had the fellowship hall right that was the place where we were encouraged to to talk together meet together do things together and so with the challenge coming so early in the year that uh, we couldn't meet on a sunday a lot of that spontaneous fellowship that's happening uh, for us in the worship gatherings isn't able to happen Uh, we of course want extended fellowship and and discipleship to take place in uh, small group settings. And of course, we know what happened there. It was all challenged for a while until we settled into being able to at least establish some online community, which is a great place to start. But uh, ultimately, I think what people have begun to realize is that online fellowship and community is really uh, a poor substitute for the real connection that we need in the body of Christ. And I think Christians and churches are struggling uh, with that right now. I think uh, it's beginning to set in that this is a more long haul experience for all of us and the challenges of being able to do that uh, get greater as the time goes by. So if you're somebody who's listening today and you're feeling a little bit frustrated, you've got a whole lot of company. Yes, absolutely. I think we're all there. Churches across the board are reporting challenges to that, that Uh, Small groups are struggling to maintain good online connection and then trying to figure out what does it look like with reopening uh, for us to be able to establish more fellowship face-to-face. Yeah, well, let's, you brought up small groups. Let's go ahead and talk about those for just a little bit because um, one reason why people love small groups, we call them life groups at Mill Creek, is because of the really close fellowship opportunities on a regular basis. Um, but that's, that's so difficult now. What, what are we doing about it? Yeah, the difficulty that we have, you know, is that uh, we, we've moved to online community uh, as we can. Of course, we, we all had this period uh, very early in, you know, March and April where uh, as soon as we figured out there was this thing called Zoom and we could have this fun Brady Bunch experience, which I think was probably fun for all of us for about three or four weeks. <laughs> and, and then it started setting in that, oh, this isn't quite the same as it used to be. Yeah. Um, 
you know, when, as, as our culture has moved more towards opening and as the church has had to wrestle with what that looks like, uh, our, our life groups have had to wrestle with what does that look like as well. Uh, in fact, it, I mean, this is an important enough topic that really what I think it boils down to is, is what I call connection. Well, we've used that term a lot here too. Uh, how do we make connections? Because we, we want our, our uh, life group meetings to feel like there's substantial connection because relational discipleship is crucial. It isn't just about, hey, pick up the content and read it. I mean, if that were the case, Jesus could have just handed us the New Testament and we wouldn't have needed the church, right? But the church yeah. exists, the body exists because relational discipleship is the plan. And the challenges in a, in a culture right now where uh, physical distance has been necessary for medical reasons uh, has has created this this challenge that that as we've reopened we're we're still trying to figure that out. Um, this has been an important enough topic that we actually have a a, a huddle uh, for our life group leaders coming up actually uh, Thursday evening uh, to talk about some of the ways in which we've got to make connection uh, outside of um, you know, normal relationships that we might have in a life group or a mentoring group or with a good friend. Um, we traditionally have talked about connection outside of a life group experience in three ways. We talk about how groups ought to find ways to play together. Of course, we know what that's like. I mean, if we have, if we're in a group with, with say that we have kids that are in sports together and we show up at the kids' games together and, and we do things together, uh, that's normally what we would be doing at this time. And then, of course, with a lot of that being challenged, we can't really find those ways to connect just in relaxing and, and having fun together. But it's been interesting. I know of some groups who've, who've taken on the challenge uh, now that through the summer and the fall where we've been able to meet outside to uh, do things like have a movie night uh, outside uh, where they all get together and watch a movie I heard of a, a life group where several of the individuals went camping together. Everybody could kind of have their own campsite, but then share some meal times and some fun stuff together. Uh, of course, you got the ubiquitous barbecue. That's always a big Kansas City thing to do. Uh, so that there's ways in which we can play together if we can uh, be strategic about it, even during these times. A uh, second way in which connection is, is happens like outside of a group meeting is uh, when we're challenged to learn together. And I, I, might, I might substitute the phrase grow together. Um, we really learn what our group is like and what our challenges are like when we get to know each other. So finding ways to, to ask each other, get to know me type questions outside of group. Um, when, we can, when we can just text back and forth or call back and forth and say, hey, I was praying for you today. How are things going with you? I uh, understand there was some challenges with your job right now, trying to make uh, this decision based on online input. How's that going? Just all those different ways in which we try to get to know each other ultimately helps us connect outside of, of group. And then a third way we traditionally uh, think of uh, connecting outside of a group is through service together. You know, we've, we've rolled out in the past at Mill Creek community opportunities through one of our strategic partners, um, different ways in which groups will find a way to serve either a neighbor together or, or some way to connect in that way. But frankly, those have become limited in the last six months or so. 
Uh, and so we've got to find, I think, ways to serve one another uh, well during these times. So I, I, I don't know about you, but we all have these house projects from time to time that you use an extra hand with, and maybe there's ways in which we can serve each other in that way that's outside of the life group, uh, but we can, we can at least get some connection uh, that's crucial. Uh, then there's a fourth one that I don't think we think about. I bet you you're wondering what that is. It's, it's actually one uh, that is very um, much uh, in the forefront of our experience day to day right now. Uh, Craig, you know what it is because we've talked about it, but uh, it's probably the particular challenge of COVID. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah. Huh? Yep. Yeah. The, the, the opportunity, which is actually very New Testament, that we don't think about uh, in uh, growing together is suffering together. Uh, we're often called, you know, Galatians 6, bear each other's burdens. And this way you fulfill the, the command of Christ, his command that you love one another as I've loved you. And sharing help with each other during these times, I think is absolutely crucial. You know, I've had, I've heard of small groups who've, who've created ways to share some of the uh, some of the schooling options that they have with their kids, sharing some care back and forth with each other, uh, watching kids together so some shopping can get done or some uh, housework can get caught up with. Uh, we have families that have experienced during this time sickness and even loss. Um, you know, just to be totally honest with you, because I also oversee our, our counseling ministry, it's, it's, it's no secret in times of stress, if there's any difficulty in a relationship, that's just going to magnify. And so it's not unusual that you may find people that you normally wouldn't hear them talking about marital difficulties or family difficulties, starting to have some stressors there. And I think the body of Christ and a life group and the relationships we have with each other is kind of the front line to be able to say, hey, I, I totally get that. I'm experiencing the same thing. And, and sometimes just having the ability to talk about that and not ignore them is a great way uh, to help share that load and, and to honor that command to bear each other's burdens. So uh, the big call when we, we ask of, of what, do, what do we do well during this time, um, I think it's learning that it's okay in seasons to suffer together. Yeah, that's, I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's so true because in our life group, I think that we've found that We've kind of come together to help each other more in the last four months mm -hmm. than we had in the previous year when we could enjoy the, the cuddle every two weeks at, at a home with a study and, and prayer time. Mm -hmm. And it, it does take some inventiveness to be able to figure out how to get things done, but it's definitely worthwhile. Do, um, are we... If we have somebody who's coming into Mill Creek now and it's, um, they're just beginning to visit and that's harder to get to know people on mm -hmm. Sunday morning than it used to be, would you still recommend that people join a life group even in these times? Yes, absolutely. I think the challenge for groups is to figure out the way for the proper entry uh, into a life group because honestly we still have groups whose their preference is to meet online 
Uh, they meet online most of the time and then try to find an offline meeting that isn't like a normal meeting. It's more, hey, let's gather at a park or a public setting where we can social distance and, and catch up with one another. But I, I would highly recommend if they're coming into the church right now, we still want to be able to help them find a way uh, to get into a life group. And we still have groups that are open to bringing new people in. Yeah, absolutely. That that makes a lot of sense. I think what, what we found in our group is that we've needed to be a little bit of a hybrid um, where we meet outdoors about once every maybe two months. But when we do that, it's more for fellowship. We really can't do a study because mm -hmm. it's a little bit too large a group. And we really can't do group prayer. But we can do those things by email and catch up. It's just, it's a little bit, it takes a little bit more ingenuity, but it's definitely a time that um, when I thought maybe the life group itself would feel like maybe we should put the whole thing on hold, it's gone the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the things that people have to be open to is there's actually opportunity for increased communication. Uh, one of the life groups that my wife and I are a part of has just regularly all summer long, which we don't normally meet during the summer anyway with this group. We tend to take the summer off, but all summer long, the leaders of the group have kept kind of an email chain going. And like once a week, we get an email saying, hey, everybody check in. How you doing? What's going on? And you just sort of get these letters back and forth from each other. And I think I've, I've gotten to know actually more needs with some of the families in my group wow. just through that than ever would have been shared in a life group meeting. There's actually a unique opportunity through that level of connection uh, to get to know more and, and I think pray more intelligently. And then, of course, if somebody's really sharing something important, you usually wind up giving them a phone call or a text and trying to, to find out a little bit more. So I think there's actually a unique time to increase uh, a level of connection, even though we can't connect as much uh, what we would think to traditionally in a life group meeting. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's good. And, and we've been talking about life groups. Are there other types of fellowship that you've been thinking about or that are changing? Yeah, uh, I think that uh, our, our, of course, our women's ministry has had some mentoring groups and things going on for quite a while. Uh, we have some men's mentoring groups and some men's groups that meet. Of course, they're, they're struggling with some of the same challenges. But one of the things I've, uh, I've realized is I think it's sometimes easier and I think it lends itself even to the social distancing dynamic. If you're in a mentoring group of two or three people, uh, to really make sure you're keeping that going. Uh, in fact, I mean, we have people, in fact, I met with somebody just this morning who's interested in helping get some mentoring groups started. Uh, and if you're ever, if that appeals to you and you say, I don't know that being a commitment of, of 10 or 12 people is what I'd like to do right now, but I would love to talk to somebody about maybe meeting with two or three people. We, we put women with women, guys with guys. Uh, but we would love to be able to help help you figure that piece out as well. Well, am I wrong that years ago we would think about mentoring as almost always being one-on-one, -on -one, but now we're thinking about it being a little bit differently, maybe, maybe one with two or three others? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, uh, I like to, I like to use the word mentoring triad. I think there's something mm -hmm. unique that happens when there are three people in that relationship. Uh, I think accountability increases, right? Uh, because yeah. that other person uh, creates kind of some instant, okay, we're, we're all, it's sometimes really easy to cancel if it's just the two of you and you get a busy schedule. But when there's three, it, it makes it a little easier to make that happen. And I also find that uh, you would think the opposite, but the level of um, the level of sharing and and opening up about your life seems to increase with that with that other person. Uh, I do sure. say this: I think it's really important that you are in that relationship with people who have kind of a um, a chemistry is the word I use. You gotta you gotta develop that, and that may take three or four meetings before that really sinks in. But uh, once you develop that kind of chemistry, there's, there's, there's that commitment of, okay, we need to meet. We will meet. This has become a, a crucial place for really important conversations to happen for me. Yeah. Well, that's great. And I, I have just one last question for you. If, if sure. somebody is listening in to this podcast and they're feeling a little bit cut off, which i would be natural because so many of us are cut off both by just trying to get kids to school and there's so much to do. Um, and you're feeling lonely and you're feeling like very much on the fringe of the church. What would, what would you recommend that somebody do in that situation? I think you got to reach out. Uh, loneliness is always a sign for me. It's a sign of a problem. Loneliness is not normal. Right. When, when, you know, we're in Genesis now, when Adam was created, what did God say when it was just Adam? It is not good for him to be alone. Right. Yeah. And so there's something about human nature that really we, we should be in connected relationship. And I, man, the, I mean, the, my worst fear is that people will come to church feeling alone their entire experience. And so whether it's reaching out through, you know, if it's a very severe struggle with loneliness, maybe you want to talk with a counselor. Uh, maybe it's just, I need to find a connection with a Christian friend. And, and maybe, I, maybe I want that to be a person who can help me understand and grow in, in following Jesus. Well, then a mentor, a mentoring relationship would be great. And then, of course, a life group is sort of the experience where you get a, several friends, uh, speaking into your life right now. But I, I think the key is, is if you're feeling alone, don't be alone in that loneliness. Talk, talk to somebody. I, I know any of the pastors, myself, any of us would love to hear from you so that we can help you find a place to connect. But there are plenty of, of opportunities. Uh, what what ha often happens is we just don't hear about them. Yeah, and maybe to make things just as easy as possible, um, we do have a general email address. Mm -hmm that um, where you can ask anything or uh, get help on anything. And it's communications, that's okay. plural, communications at mymillcreek.com. And when we post this podcast, we'll put the email in there. But if you'd like to respond to Marty, myself, or any pastor about a need that you have, a loneliness that you're feeling, an idea that you have about how you'd like to get to know somebody more, please use that. Um, it's, a, it's a private uh, email that goes just to pastors and a couple of staff members. So 
we would love to hear from you. And if you're interested in anything that Marty was talking about, um, Marty or another pastor can help set you up. Yep. And also just a reminder, if you're interested in a life group, you could send an email to lifegroups at mymillcreek.com and we can start a conversation on helping you find a life group. Yeah, yeah, we won't, we won't leave you on your own to find the life group. We'll, we'll be your concierge to help yeah. you find Absolutely. something that will fit for you. So, well, thank you, Marty. It's been great talking to you. And I, I know that this is something that's probably on a lot of people's minds right now. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And yeah. Thank you, Marty. Thank you, Craig. Good to see everybody. So long. Um,